What's up, people? Hope everybody is having a fantastic Sunday. Want to say hello to everybody watching online. Um, Want to say hello to everybody who is... We got... This is real cool. I found out about this at the anniversary service. There's groups of people meeting in houses, like um, almost house campuses. There's one in Chapin, um, I know, and they're getting a bunch of friends together to watch the broadcast. So want to say hello to them. Want to say hello to LifeSpring, our, our network, one of our network churches in LifeSpring. I say one of our network churches. Actually, they're our only network church right now. Um, and people have asked, what is a network church? It's very simple. They just receive our message. Um, the, the, the preaching message, we don't have any governing authority. We, we can't tell them what they can or can't do. They just want the messages, and we do that for absolutely free. So I want to say, hey, the LifeSpring Church. I want to say hey to everybody actually in the room. Our room is packed. <laughs> just kidding. We've got like four empty chairs. But, but we're super, super excited about today, super, super, super excited about continuing our series called He's Up to Something. Now, if you have a Bible and you want to follow along, we've been in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, and we're going to be here through um, the Sunday after Mother's Day. That's when we'll wrap up the series. We're going to pause on Mother's Day, do something kind of cool for the moms, and then we'll wrap up the series on May the 20th. May 27th, we're going to do something cool, and then the first Sunday in June, we're actually going to be broadcasting. I'm going to be in Israel, so we'll be broadcasting the message from Israel. Um, but anyway, part three of He's Up to Something today, and if you're wanting to write um, a title down for this message, it's just simply called partners. I want to start out by talking about things that we've been told or maybe even things we've said or some things that we might believe that aren't actually true. Okay, here we go. I could do these all day, but we're just going to do a few. Here's the first thing that we hear. It's even, it could even be on a coffee cup and it sounds beautiful, but at the end of the day, it's not completely true. Here it is. If you pray more, you will worry less. If you pray more, now listen, listen, it sounds true. And there's some elements of it because I'm, I'm not discounting prayer. I'm telling you, there have been times that I've prayed. And as I prayed, it happened once this week. I was worried about something. I was praying and I experienced some peace and that was awesome. But sometimes, sometimes it's not true. I'm going to just raise my hand and admit, sometimes as I've prayed about something, I've actually worried more about the thing I was praying for. It, okay, I see some heads nodding, at least in the room. I mean, I know there's some people that, that feel that way. In fact, one time, I remember I was praying about something, and I, was, and I was increasing in my anxiety, and I went to a friend and told him that as I was praying, I was worrying, and then he told me I was praying wrong. So then there's the whole idea of, am I praying right or am I praying wrong? And I didn't know you could pray wrong, but evidently there's a formula and you got to stand on one foot and put your hand on your head and jump three times and all that. So anyway, that's one of the things that we believe that isn't necessarily true. Here's another one. Here's another one. God will never put more on you than you can handle. Now, it sounds great. It sounds beautiful, but it's not true. Now, I know where the idea comes from. The idea comes from 1 Corinthians 10, 13. that says, God will not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. But it does not say, if God will never allow more to be put on us than we can handle, then explain Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, Father, take this cup from me. If, if God did not allow more to be put on us than we could handle, then where in the world would we ever discover our need for God? Because as a friend of mine once said, and it's so true, pressure is nothing more than a call to humility. It's a call for us saying, 
Jesus, we need you. Now, there, there could be a whole series on that, but I'm, I'm trying to get the main point here. Okay, here's the third thing, and this is where we're going to go. This is where we're going to spend some time today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Here's the third thing that some people say that's not necessarily true. We're a church for everyone. We're a church for everyone. Now, now, I, I, when people say that, I think they, they mean it in their minds, but not in actuality. And so I just want to say, I just want to say, Second Chance Church is going to be a church where everybody's welcome, like everybody's welcome, but at the end of the day, we're not going to be a church for everyone. It's kind of like ice cream. How many like ice cream? Anybody like ice cream? Okay. How many love, you don't like ice cream? No, I like ice cream. Okay. I just, Logan was being big chief no fun of the I don't want a tribe and wasn't playing today. So pray for Logan, hashtag. Anyway, I love ice cream, but I don't love every flavor of ice cream, right? Right? And so it's the same thing. We're going to be a church, but we might not be everybody's flavor of church. And so what we're looking for as a church are partners who people want to partner with us to help as many people as possible discover the life-changing message of Jesus. And in order to get there, let me, kind of, let me kind of set the story up. Let me do a real quick review over the past two weeks. We said the whole story started out in Luke 5 where Jesus is preaching. He's on the shore of Capernaum. And remember, Jesus is preaching. And all these people are crowding around him. And he's kind of looking for something. He turns around, he looks, he sees two boats. Two boats. Not one boat, but two boats. And over on the side are Peter and Andrew and James and John. They've been fishing all night and they've caught nothing. And they were probably confused. They were probably frustrated. They were probably worried. And, and all they wanted to do is clean their nets and go home. And Jesus gets in Peter's boat and says, hey, can I can you put the boat out a little further and let me use the boat to kind of teach some people? Now, Peter didn't understand who Jesus was. Peter didn't understand what Jesus wanted. Peter didn't have correct theology. Peter, Peter was a messed up person. We're going to see that today. But all Peter, we said in week one, Peter was just available. He was like, yeah, yeah. Peter wasn't even a Christian. There weren't even Christians at this time. He was just available. And so Jesus gets out on the boat and he teaches the people. We said that's general revelation last week. Then he turns around to Peter. Remember, he didn't issue a command. He issued an invitation. He said, put out into deeper water and, let's, um, and put down your nets for a catch. And Peter's response was, master, which he didn't really mean master. It was more of a sign of respect. And remember, Peter pushed back and said, we, we've done this before. It doesn't work. And you know what? That's some people's attitude when it comes to Christianity. I've tried it. It doesn't work. But Peter had tried fishing without Jesus. And I think a lot of people try Christianity without Christ. We'll unpack that later. That'll be a lot of fun. And so, so Jesus just says, hey, put out deeper for a catch. Peter pushes back. And then we said last week, and I can't prove this, but something changed Peter's mind. And I think it was Jesus just kind of smirking at Peter a little bit. And Jesus, or Peter saying, you know what? He's, he's up to something. So the Bible says they go out, they put out the net, they bring it up, and it, the net is full of fish. And that's where we're going to pick up the story today in Luke chapter 5, verse 7. The Bible says this. So they, and I believe this was Peter and Andrew because that was his brother. So they signaled their partners, James and John, in the other boat. Now, I don't know what the signal was. I don't know what, like, oh, crap, we caught a lot of fish. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was something. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. So it took both boats. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink, both boats. 
Now, this is huge. Peter signaled to his partners, and his partners came because, listen, listen, the work that Jesus wants to do in our life is way bigger than our own lives. It's going to impact other people. And the work that Jesus was doing in Peter's life impacted way more than Peter. It impacted Andrew, it impacted James, it impacted John, and eventually it impacted the world. So what Jesus wants to do in our life is bigger than our lives, right? And so, so he signaled to partners, and that's what we really do want here at Second Chance Church. Now, before I get to a, what a partner is, let me tell you what I believe our church is not looking for. There are three things. I actually had a list of seven, but I narrowed it down to three for time purposes. There's three specific um, types of people. And listen, you're welcome. I'm not saying you can't come. I'm just saying you won't love us. You won't love us, all right? So here we go. Here, here we go. If you're, if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, number one, the professional, I'm putting this in air quotes if you're listening on the podcast, the professional Christians. If you're a professional Christian, you're probably not going to love our church. Now, I was thinking about how to set this up the other day, and I thought back to, I was a member of this health club gym type thing, and if you've ever gone to a health club or a gym, you kind of get to know everybody in there. Everybody kind of goes at the same time. You kind of know everybody. You kind of know, okay, they're going to wear the black shirt on Monday and the red shirt. I mean, some because people were predictable. And so I went to this health club for years, and there was this guy that came in. We're going to call him Frank. I'm not going to tell you his real name. We're just going to say his name. It might be Frank. I don't know. You don't know. This is my illustration. So Frank would come in. He would get at the health club every morning at 5 o'clock. It opened at 5. Frank would get there at 5. He would stay till 7.30 or 8 every day, Monday through Friday. He didn't do it Saturday and Sunday because he just wore the place out Monday through Friday. Um, here's the thing about Frank, though, that you need to understand. I, I believe it was about a year and a half that I knew Frank. I saw him on a treadmill one time. Actually, I saw him on a treadmill twice, but the second time he was climbing over it to get to somebody to talk to them. He never worked out. He would walk around, he would drink coffee, he would talk to people, um, he would interrupt people, me. He would, he would, he would, there was a lot of activity going on in Frank's life, but there was no productivity in Frank's life, right? And I remember sitting next to him in a restaurant one time and eavesdropping, because I do that, because you get amazing sermon illustrations by eavesdropping on people. And Frank telling his friend, yeah, I'm so tired. I was in the, I was in the gym for two and a half hours this morning. I wanted to say, Frank, you didn't do it. I didn't say that, but I wanted to stay frank. You didn't do anything. You were there, but just because you're present doesn't mean you're active. And how that translates to what we're going to do as a church is we're not going to be a church that's marked by a bunch of spiritual activities throughout the week that get us so ingrained in a biblical culture that we actually neglect the people that Jesus called us to do life with and reach. That's, that's not what we're going to, that's not, because, because, I want, I want to just stop for a second. I'm not saying spirit, spiritual activity is bad. I'm saying that the most spiritually active people 2,000 years ago were the ones that killed Jesus. Because in many cases, spiritual activity doesn't lead to humility, it leads to arrogance, because we begin to think that other people need to be more like us rather than other people need to be more like Christ. So I'm saying all that to say this. I'm saying all that to say this. The thing that Second Chance Church is going to be focused on when we start is, don't miss this, church. 
church on Sundays. And the reason I want to say that is because people said, oh my gosh, once we get to church, are we going to have a, are we going to have a midweek service? And are we going to have a, a Tuesday night Bible study? And then we need to do something for preschool. And then we probably should start a preschool. And then we should do something for moms, like moms, mops, you know, mothers of preschoolers. We need to do all these programs. We need to do this. And what about students? And what about, what about, listen, listen, listen. The answer is, I don't know. Here's what I know. We're going to have church on Sunday in small groups. That's it. Well, how many campuses are we going to have? One. 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 We're a church plant. We're just starting. We, 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 we're going to have one campus. It's going to be in Anderson. We're going to do church on Sundays, period. Period. Because Jesus said that you'll be able, Jesus said the world's going to be able to tell that you belong to me by the way you love one another. And that's what we're going to do. So, so if you're looking for a church, and listen, it's not wrong, it's not bad, that has a lot of spiritual activities throughout the week that you can attend, or you can throw your kids in because they're driving you crazy, or whatever, that's awesome. I'm not saying it's wrong, I'm not saying it's bad, I'm just saying that we're going to be focused on one thing, and one thing only, especially at first, church. We're going to do church. We're, we're going to do church. And so for the person that wants a lot of activity, you probably won't be happy here. Number two, second type of person that probably won't be happy here, is what I'm going to call the plank eye. Now, if you know plank eye, that's where Jesus said, before you look at the plank in your brother, or the speck in your brother's eye, get the plank out of your own eye. And I was thinking about a way, modern day way to kind of illustrate that. And let's say, let's say we all went out to dinner and, uh, and, and we're all sitting in it and they bring a salad, right? And it's a good salad. It's the kind with the good lettuce, not the cheap white lettuce, you know, that has no nutrients in it. It's the good green lettuce. And we eat that salad, and the salad's good. It's got some tomatoes, a little corn salsa in it. I, I just, just a good, some cheese, just some good salad. And then after we eat the salad, we're kind of talking to our friends. We give them a big smile. And right here, there's lettuce. And I mean, there's like a head of lettuce, like screaming every time we open our mouth right there. So it's like, hey! Just a quick question. How many of you would want somebody to tell you you have lettuce in your teeth. Logan participated that time. <laughs> I, my hand was up. But let me ask this question. What's the very first thing that you would do personally before you told your friend you've got lettuce in your teeth? What would you do? You would check your own teeth. Because you don't want to tell your friend you got lettuce in your teeth when you got like a baked potato hanging out of your mouth, right? You, you don't, you don't want to do that. So, so that's, that's the environment. That's the environment that we want to have at Second Chance Church. People have asked me, oh my gosh, you're, it seems, Perry, you're all about grace and you're not going to talk about sin. Well, it's not true. We're not going to be afraid to have a difficult conversation. But when we do have a difficult conversation... We're always going to approach it with the posture of humility and not superiority. We're going to check our own teeth before we tell somebody else, you got something in your teeth. Because at the end of the day, if somebody's got something that's hurting them or destroying them, it's not kind to not have a conversation with them. But the way we do it, and listen, listen, this is, this is just where I've landed and it might be wrong, and if it's wrong, I'll find out one day when I'm with Jesus. But if I tell you you got lettuce in your teeth, and you don't want to clean the lettuce out of your teeth, I'm still going to be your friend. Here, where do you get that? Well, Jesus had dinner 
with a guy that was about to betray him and washed his feet. That's love. That's love. So, so no plank eyes. And when I say that, let me take it a step further. Everybody listen. No boycotts. Our church don't boycott anything except stupid people. <laughs> we're, not, we're not boycotting Target, okay? If, you, if you're bothered by the bathroom situation at Target, pee your poop before you go to Target and don't, but we're not boycotting them, okay? I personally like shopping there, all right? So I've always wanted to put on a red button down and in khaki pants and just walk around and see what kind of trouble I could get in, all right? We're not boycotting Starbucks. Every year, there's crazy Christians. Oh, they took Christ out of Christmas. I'm pretty sure Starbucks wasn't around when the first Christmas happened. And it, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So we're not going to be about boycotting non-Christian companies for acting like non-Christian companies. So no plank eyes, no professional Christians. I'm, just saying, I'm not saying you can't come. I'm just saying you'll hate it. Number three, no pretenders. No pretenders. When I was a kid, I used to love to play Superman, and um, my mom got tired of me getting all the beach towels and, you know, tying them around your neck. So she made me a cape, and, and like a red cape. And I remember thinking, man, I'm Superman. I got a red cape. And I wanted, literally, to get on top of the house and jump off because I thought, I got this cape, I could fly. My mom had to explain to me that you can't fly just because she said, you're actually pretending to be Superman. And um, it kind of crushed my spirits a little bit, uh, but I felt like she's smarter than me. She was smarter than me, so she was right. So even though I was pretending to be something, I wasn't something. And the same thing is true in church world today. I feel like there are so many people that pretend when they walk in the church. And here's the reason they pretend. Because if who they really were was ever discovered, they might get asked to leave. I heard a guy say this recently, and I'm going to rip this off and pretend like it's my own. If you knew everything about me, you wouldn't want to come to Second Chance Church. On the flip side, if I knew everything about you, I might not want you coming to Second Chance Church. Can we all agree that at the end of the day, we're all screwed without the grace of God? So I just want this to be a place where people don't have to pretend because the least safe place in the world to actually confess sin today is the church. And I just want this to be a safe environment where people who really are struggling with something that is physically, emotionally, or spiritually causing them harm, they don't have to pretend. You don't have to show up and say, I'm doing great today. Praise the name of Jesus. You can go, my week sucked, and I really had a hard time believing in God. And we can go, you know what? You came to the right place today. Welcome to church. So if, if you're somebody that has to pretend, I'm not saying you can't come. I'm just saying how real people are might make you a little uncomfortable. So, so, and I, was, I had like, let me just go ahead and say this. Let me go ahead and say this. Number four, number four, I don't have this in my notes, um, but I really got to say this and I got to say this so everybody can understand. 
The fourth type of person that, that will not love our church is the prejudice person. They all start with P, prejudice. When I say prejudice, I'm specifically speaking again, I'm specifically speaking about um, people who have a problem specifically with women in ministry. I want to kind of go ahead and get that out there right now. I want to kind of go ahead and address that. Um, I, I, I was reading a book one time. This is a true story. I was reading a book, and it was about um, egalitarians. Now, I didn't know what an egalitarian was, but I'm reading in this book, and it describes what an egalitarian was. An egalitarian is somebody that believes women can do ministry just like men can do ministry. And then in the book, it said some, some popular egalitarians are Billy Graham, Andy Stanley, Perry Noble. And I went, what the freak? I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I'm like, is this what I am? So I Googled, thank God for Google, right? What is an egalitarian? First of all, first of all, I'm like, well, if, I, if, if I'm on Billy Graham and Andy Stanley's side, like that, if that's my tag team partners, I feel like I just win. I just feel like I beat anybody. But I looked it up and when I read about it, I'm like, yes. And so we believe that, that women can have ministry positions just like men can. Have, I mean, my gosh, women were the first people commissioned to preach the gospel because they actually went to the tomb when the men were freaking out, trying to figure out how they were going to preserve themselves. Anyway, whole nother message, whole nother time. Just felt like I needed to say that for somebody out there. Because once again, when you walk in and a, women, a woman is on stage preaching, we're not going to say speaking or teaching because they preach. I got a problem with that. Once again, we're probably not for you. But what, who we are for are the partners. People who want to partner. Watch this. Watch this. They, they catch these fish. And the Bible says in verse 8, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. This is this is unbelievable because if Jesus would have told me to do it and I'd have caught a bunch of fish and I was a businessman, I'd been like, what are you doing? What are you doing tomorrow about 12? Because we can go fishing again. I mean, I would have been, been making some money, some kind of network thing. I don't know. But G Peter realizes that he's in the presence of greatness. And all of a sudden he's on his knees and he's basically saying, I am not worthy to be in your presence. Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. And watch Jesus' reply, because it's really good. Jesus' reply, in the middle part of verse 10, then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. In other words, I know you're jacked up. I know you're messed up. I know you're not perfect. Don't let that freak you out. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. Peter is basically saying, I'm not worthy to follow you. And Jesus said, yeah, you're right, but don't let that freak you out. Just come follow me anyway. See, that's the message, and I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'll say it the day I die. The message of religion is change, and you can follow me. The message of Christ is follow me, and you'll change. So, so what is a partner? What is a partner? What does a partner look like? Let me give you five qualities of a partner, specifically when it comes to second chance church. This is what we're going to be looking for, praying for, and hoping for. A partner is ready. When, when Peter signaled James and John in the boat, they were ready. And so we're looking for a partner who's ready to do five things. Number one, ready to make progress. Ready to make progress. Now, the first time I ran 20 miles, 
That's a problem for some people right there, the fact that I ran 20 miles and nobody was chasing me or anything like that. I just ran 20 miles. The first time I ran 20 miles wasn't a day that I woke up and said, I'm going to run 20 miles today. Because if I, that, that's, I, I wouldn't have done it. I would have crashed. I would have burned. I would have passed out on the side of the road. I've actually done that before. Um, but I, it was something that I had to work up to. It was making progress. And one of the things that we're going to value at Second Chance Church is people who really do make progress in their walk with Christ. And progress, listen, listen, listen. Progress is somebody who simply takes a next step. We're not looking for compliance to a set of rules. We're looking for people who make progress in their relationship with Jesus. And you know what? If people take two steps forward and then they take one step back, instead of criticizing the one step back, we're going to celebrate the one step forward. You know why? Because it's progress. I want to see people make progress in their walk with Jesus. And listen, listen, we're not going to compare one person's progress to the other because here's what I've discovered personally in ministry and in my own life. One person can take 10 steps forward. Another person can take one, steps one step forward. We will celebrate the 10 steps and look down on the one step when the one step was actually harder for that person to take than it was for this person to take the 10 steps. Everybody's got their own spiritual journey, and we're going to celebrate progress. I thought about this last night. I went to um, see my, my daughter, Kara. She was in this little acting, dancing performance. I don't know what it was. It was cool. Um, and they were doing some um, scenes from High School Musical 2. Never seen that. Um, if I had, I probably wouldn't admit it. Um, but I've, I've never seen it. But the last act, all the kids were coming on stage. And there's this little kid. I don't even know his name. He's wearing a green shirt. And he was running up the steps. And when I tell you this kid did a face plant, I mean, he, I mean it was like, it was like when you're sitting there and you're watching it happen and in slow motion, you're like, no, because he's, he's like his, his face was here and his feet were up here. And when his face hit the ground, everybody in the room was like, oh, but this little kid, it was amazing. This little kid stood up, put a smile on his face and started dancing. I went, that's, that's what I want right there. People that feel like they've done a face plant in life. But instead of staying down, they get up and dance. That's progress. And I think that's something our Heavenly Father celebrates. Progress. Number two, number two, number two. Partner is somebody who's ready to serve, ready to serve. Now, I love social media 98% of the time. There's a, there's, a, there's a variable out there. Social media, social media is both good and bad. We can inform people, but social media also allows us to speak into a situation when we don't have the full story, right? And um, so the other day, I'm, I'm kind of looking on social media, and this guy, I blocked him, um, <laughs> this guy said, now that you're not a celebrity pastor, which I, I don't even know what, anyway, whole nother story, whole nother time. He said, I'll bet in this church, in this church you're starting, now you're going to visit hospitals and now you're going to go to people's houses and now you're going to do this and now you're going to do that. And the answer is, no, I'm not. I never have. When I started my last church and we had 50 people or 15 people, I didn't do it. 
Because one of the things I've always said, and I believe this with all my heart, that a church is not effective when the pastor ministers to the people. The church is effective when the body ministers to the body. And instead of me taking care of a group of people, we're going to learn how to take care of one another because there are people in this church who are better equipped to care for and take care of other people way better than me. Brian Houston, the senior pastor of Hillsong Church, said this, Hillsong Church is not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. And at the end of the day, if somebody at Second Chance Church is in the hospital and we know about it, somebody will come visit them who's equipped for mercy, who's equipped for grace, who's equipped for that situation. It's not about what I can do for people. It's about what we can do for one another. So if you're focused on a church that's all about what it can give to you and not about what you can, listen, because Jesus wants to use you. Jesus has gifted you. Jesus has empowered you. And at the end of the day, a partner is somebody that's ready. You know what? Now, let me pause. If you say I'm a little nervous about getting involved, it's the same attitude Peter had. And Jesus, if Jesus used Peter, he can use you. Number three, number three, number three, number three. Ready to give. When I say give, I mean financially give. Now, I thought about this. I was in um, New York in December, and a friend of mine said, you want to go get a cheeseburger? And I was like, yeah, it was like a cheat day, and you know, so I'm getting a cheeseburger. And we walked in this little, it was a little dive restaurant, and cheeseburger. And he said, they're actually famous for their milkshakes. And I'm like, sign me up for one of those. And they brought out this milkshake, and it's this thing. And I had a chocolate chip cookie on the side of the milkshake. This is pretty incredible. So I got a cheeseburger and fries, and he got a cheeseburger and fries. And we both got milkshakes, drank the whole thing, didn't feel bad about it. And then they brought me the bill, and it was $75. And I'm like, I'm not buying stock in the restaurant. I mean, I mean, I could have bought a gallon of ice cream, but you know what? I paid it. You know why? Because at that time, I saw it as something valuable. I was joking with a group yesterday. It, this is especially true with women. You can walk up to just about any woman and say, I like that shirt. And she'll go, TJ Maxx, $7.99 special. <laughs> try it. Just try it. Just randomly compliment Oh, I love those shoes. Oh my gosh, Target, $4. And men don't even, men are vaguely aware they're dressed. But women can, you know why? Because there's value in it. One of the things that I want us to do as a body of believers is find enough value in the church to financially invest in it. And so in order for us to take our next step and get into this building and begin to renovate and do some things, it's going to take people who are willing to give financially. And I want to pause real quick and say thank you to those of you that do. You're making an incredible difference. We're able to do some really cool stuff. Um, we've, that's why we were able to do the Easter service. That's why we're able to kind of do some of the stuff we're doing, getting the foundation laid to get in this building. So thank you for giving. But that's one of the things a partner is willing to do, is willing to give. Number four, willing to re are ready to reach. In other words, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to hit it and move, because if you've been following um, any, any of my teaching or ministry for the past you know, 15, 20 years, you've heard me say this, and so I'm not going to bang this drum. Well, actually, I'm going to bang this drum for the rest of my life. But we are going to reach people. We're going to reach people. If, 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 from time to time, people will come in, and it'll be kind of small, and they're like, I wish we could just keep it like this. You're going to hate our church because we're going to reach people. I don't know how fast we're going to be able to do it. I don't know how fast we're going to be able to start campuses. I don't know how fast we're going to be able to do this. Here's what I know. This world is desperate 
for Jesus and it's full of people that think they've blown it and need a second chance. Those are the people we're going to reach. Those are the people we're going to reach. Number five, number five, number five, ready to celebrate. I just want a church that's ready to celebrate. Ready to celebrate. And when I say celebrate, let me, let me just ask a question. Just ask a question. This is for anybody. Who won the Super Bowl seven years ago? Nobody knows. Well, a few of you know. I mean, you, had, you had to look it up. Who won the Kentucky Derby 11 years ago? Who won the NBA Finals 17 years ago? See, I'm saying things, and nobody knows, but at the time, they were celebrated like crazy. All I'm trying to prove is this world loves to celebrate the temporary while the church refuses to celebrate the eternal. And so one of the things we're always, always, always going to do is be willing to celebrate when people... That's why we put out somebody met Christ online. Somebody met Christ at the Easter service. Somebody, I, I had two text messages um, within the past two weeks asking me, hey, so-and-so accepted Christ at the Easter service. Will you baptize them? I'm like, will I baptize them? Heck yes. And when we do, we're going to broadcast it. We're going to celebrate it. We're, it's going to be incredible. The first baptism at Second Chance Church is going to be awesome. We're going to dunk people. We're going to dunk them twice because it's Second Chance. And we're going to stick them under twice and then pull them back up, right? We will celebrate that. Let me, close, let me close with this. Let me close with this. When it comes to groceries, grocery shopping, I did some grocery shopping yesterday. Don't shake, don't, I'm, Logan's on a roll today. Right now she is judging me for my grocery shopping. My grocery shopping's simple. Keep it simple. Anyway, years ago, I did some grocery shopping, and I'm a, I'm a one-tripper. Anybody a one-tripper? You know what I'm talking about? I don't care if I got bags all the way up my arm, tied on my leg. I'm not going back to the car a second time. So I remember one time I was unloading groceries, and a guy, I can take you, I can tell you the exact place I was. I can tell you the car I was driving, and I can tell you the guy who walked by, his name was Jacob. He was a college student, and he walked up and he said, Hey, P, can I help you with those groceries? And if you're a man, especially, and somebody offers you help, what do you say? I got it. So I got like a case of water, case of water. Um, I, got, I got groceries on my arms and I am, I am walking to the door and it, my heart rate was elevated. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. And right when I got to the door, I had to get my keys out of my pocket. And I got my keys and I pulled, the, pulled my arm up like this. And when I did, one of the bags broke. And then, because I'd bought green beans, they were on sale. That's when I bought green beans, Logan. Um, one of the bags broke, and then two of the bags broke, and then I lost my balance, and I dropped the case of water. And before I knew it, there were groceries everywhere. And I looked down off the balcony, and Jacob was looking back up at me going, you idiot. And I'm like, I know, man. I should have asked for help. He was offering to partner with me to help me carry the load, but I tried to carry the load by myself and made a mess. You know, I've done that before but I'm not going to do it again. Because this time, we're going to have partners who are willing to step into this church and say, you know what? I don't want to occupy a seat. I want to make a difference. And I'm thankful that we're going to have a church where one person don't carry the load. Everybody pitches in. Everybody helps. Because everybody is qualified to do something significant for Christ. Father, thank you so much for today.
Thank you so much for everybody who's in this room, for everybody who will be in the room in the future, for everybody who's watching right now, for, for life spring. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just speak to the hearts of the men and women today, all of us, Lord. For those of us who have the attitude of Peter, go away from me, Lord. I'm, I'm not good. I have screwed up. I have made mistakes. God, that you would speak encouragement. You would speak hope. You would speak life. And you would remind us all that you put us on this earth to live a life that impacts more than just us. Father, I want to pray for every single person here today that maybe has never ever ask you to come into their life. God, for whatever reason, maybe they're like Peter and they just felt, my life is so full of guilt. My life is so full of shame. My life is so full of doubt. I've got so many questions. I could never give my life to Jesus. And with heads bowed and eyes closed right now, if that's you, you've always felt those things. Here's the deal. Peter didn't understand everything about Jesus. He was just willing to follow him. And today, maybe you, for the first time, need to say, you know what? I've wrestled with guilt. I've wrestled with shame. I've wrestled with doubt. I don't understand everything there is to know about Jesus, but I would like to follow him. I would love to follow him for the rest of my life. doesn't mean you'll get it perfect. It just means today is the day you step into a relationship with him. So if that's you, no matter where you are right now, and you want to ask Jesus into your life, I want to invite you to pray right where you sit and just say, Jesus. I'm yours. Come into my life and take over. I surrender everything to you. Show me how to live for you the rest of my life the best I know how. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just pray to receive Christ, if you'll do one of two things, if you're on our church website, if you'll just do the hand raise thing, there's a little button you can click to raise your hand so we can know that you prayed to receive Christ. Or if you're on Facebook, you can do the hand raise emoji or you can just type out in the comments, I prayed to receive Christ because we would love to be able to follow up with you and let you know how to take your next steps. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done and for all that you're going to do. In your name I pray, amen. Hey, I want to thank you for tuning in today, for watching online. We're one week closer to being able to actually meet together as a group of people like we did on Easter. It's going to be incredible. I hope you have an awesome week, and we'll see you back here next week for part four in the series. And the title of the message is, I Can't Talk About It. It's going to be fun.